Hello, everyone. This is Kira Oliver with another episode of You Want to Live Happy and Free? Create you, your own utopia. By learning how to think differently, it will change your life in ways you've never imagined. This is for you if you truly want to live a lifestyle that feels good. Hey guys, this is Kira Oliver with the You Podcast. Today's guest is so special to me. I don't even know if I can put it into words. Donna Sharpsuro is a wife, mother of two beautiful teenagers, small business owner, cancer survivor, and certificate junkie, which we're gonna have to <laughs> learn what that is. Her degree is in, get this, nuclear medicine, but she's found a passion in health and wellness, which is how we actually met. Uh, she's earned her integrative health coaching degree and owns and operates a small boutique premium indoor cycling studio, Cycle Bar in Greengate, or Cycle Bar Greengate, I think you call it, in Richmond, Virginia. Donna, welcome. Thank you, Kira. I'm so excited to be here and talking to you and um, oh, the years that we've known each other and all the conversations we've had and to be able to just connect in this way and maybe share some of the conversations we've had that I know have been so impactful to me that could potentially be impactful to other people is it's just a really a really cool venue to be able to do that. So thank you for having me on and inviting yeah. me to have this conversation with you. Yeah, I mean, we live, you know, on opposite coast here. Um, you know, you're East Coast, I'm West Coast. But yeah, so for our listeners, Donna and I, we go way back. And I'm sure bits and pieces of that are going to come through here. But I believe we met at a B&I group. Is that right? We did. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Donna ended up at that time, I had Oliver Creative, and I was so excited because she uh, decided to use my company to help her with marketing for, I'm not sure if that was your first like uh, actual fitness location. That was my first really official big business and fitness. I had been teaching group fitness a lot and, uh, and I was, I had a jazzercise franchise, I suppose you, any, anybody who's a jazzercise instructor was also a franchisee. And so I did that, but I taught in churches and I taught in little venues and then I opened my own business and it became very big, right. Incorporating yoga and personal training and all kinds of things, massage therapy, in addition to group fitness. And so I was, uh, I, I did not know what I was doing when it came to marketing. So meeting you was amazing. And yes, you helped me with that. It was called the fitness connection. Yes, I remember it well. And at that time, you know, uh, well, we'd worked together for a while and then I had my son and he was there. Of course, you know, sadly I lost my son and um, had to go to the fitness connection too. 
He sure did. He did. I I have a vivid memories of him there. I sure do. Well, that was that was so fun, and I love that. And and that experience is definitely where, you know, our relationship our relationship started to grow and and just really blossom. And but then this this other really big thing happened. And again, I just have to talk about it because I want the listeners to understand just how far back we go um, and how rich our relationship is. I had the biggest honor of being your wedding planner. Yes. Amazing. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I mean, when, when I asked you if you would be interested in doing that, if you'd be willing and knowing how busy you were that you took that on, I, I mean, I, well, look, I'm biased obviously, but I think it was the best experience it could not have been any better the the every little touch that you had happened throughout that process was just phenomenal and uh, so special and definitely creates a bond a very deep bond oh it's huge yeah and with your whole family like it it just um is so such a deep bond that's a, a great way to put it and have you been back to lunenburg i i gotta ask Yes, we took the kids back two years ago. Ah! So we did the whole tour thing. Lunenburg has grown up a lot. It's in Nova Scotia. And it was, you know, at the, when at the time, I don't know if you remember, Kira, but my, uh, my baker who baked my wedding cake was also my florist. And I'm pretty oh, sure he tried to do my manicure. Um, <laughs> there was no such thing as a salon. I mean, it was the tiniest little town, which of course we took over and uh, was phenomenal. But they've really grown up. They have like a spa now and they even have uh, healthy, like vegan types of restaurants there. It's a, you would be amazed, it's, but it still has its quaint town feel. Yeah, so charming. So yeah, uh, again, for our listeners, if you didn't catch on, that's where the wedding was. And we did take over that, um, just just a beautiful place. So Lunenburg, Nova Scotia, if you can ever go visit. But yeah, that was was amazing. Um, So I want to actually transition now into, tell us how your interest in health and wellness came to be i mean what was it nuclear uh nuclear medicine okay and and also i gotta know in the mix of that how did your family feel when they're like wait you're not going into nuclear medicine right exactly well first i should just tell you that i was kind of a wild child um you know rebellious in high school and maybe that's why we did not so well Maybe, <laughs> probably is. I mean, it's in us, right? And um, and then I pretty much partied my way through my uh, initial attempt at undergrad. And when it came time to graduate, I wasn't quite, hadn't met all the requirements and decided uh, to take a year off and bartend. And about a year after bartending, my dad called me and he said, Donna, you've got to figure this out. You've got to figure out what you're going to do. And so just to kind of show him, I don't know, I did, it was a challenge. I've always liked a challenge. I tried to pick a program that I thought was, you know, kind of a high level program. So I said, okay, fine. I'm going to, I'm going to go get a degree in nuclear medicine. And I did. Um, wow. And I really, yeah, I really enjoyed working in the lab 
But I recall one, I mean, it was a pivotal moment for me. And I really wasn't that into health and wellness at the time. I really wasn't. I mean, I did a lot of like dieting, which we can talk about in a second, but it was, it was more of your mainstream diets and it was all about losing weight. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't as much about health. And so anyway, I was in the lab and I went to close the lead drawer and I had things in my hands and I went to close it with my hip and it just hit me that, oh my gosh, am I exposing like yeah, I didn't have kids at the time. I'm like, am I exposing myself to all this radiation? I'm, I'm literally closing a door with my hip, which is, you know, where my ovaries are. What am I doing? This, this could not, this could be dangerous. And so I just decided that I would get my degree, but didn't really want to uh, follow that path and be around radiation all the time. So um, I actually left that and went and worked for, and you probably remember at the time they were called Opus Event Marketing. Yeah. So they were, they were a really cool, I felt like they had like a New York vibe in our little Richmond city. And I really wanted to work there. And I applied like week after week after week, cause I just wanted to be in this cool setting. Um, finally, they were like, okay, you can come on and do admin work which I did for a couple of years and I loved it um, and then opened my gym. So that kind of, all of that happened to get me from nuclear medicine into this marketing, into the gym. And, I, and I'll say like when I first opened the gym, I guess I was still, uh, it had not clicked for me yet. The food kind of being medicine which I so firmly believe at this point in my life, mm -hmm. it was still, things were still very focused on um, the outside, right? Yeah. How do I look? Yeah. Um, I, I struggled most of my life. I feel like I've struggled most of my life with, with weight. Um, my, I actually was put on Weight Watchers when I was 12 years old, which hard for me to believe having a teenage daughter myself I can't imagine kind of putting her in that position but that was probably the start of my obsession with you know body awareness and um and so when I opened my gym I was really into the exercise but always always striving for the for the body image um yeah. Yeah. And it's so hard. It's hard. I, you know, I, I talk about it in my, in my book and I'm, I'm now very open about it and it took me a very long time, but, uh, I had an eating disorder for a number of years and it was so much about the out, the outside. And I do care about how I look. I care about how I look, but it is sure. definitely more about how I feel now and learning how to adapt with the changes that my body goes through as I get older. Yes. And isn't it amazing when you switch that focus that all the things I had been striving for all these years just fell into place when my focus shifted and it's, 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 yeah. Oh, I want that for people so badly. Um, I just do. And maybe through this conversation, we can give some little tidbits that, maybe we've both experienced along the way to get there. But um, a lot of it is, I think, just our 
sort of our outlook and, and why we're, what our motivation is. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would say, I guess when my, I was trying to think when the most pivotal moment for me was with that mind shift. And my dad um, was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's, as you know, when he was 63, he was officially diagnosed, although he was symptomatic in his late 50s. Um, and then he died at 67. Yeah, I'm so and sad. so, yeah, it was a, I mean, that was just such a blow. And as you know, Kara, he's, I mean, he was, is, was one of the most brilliant people I've ever known. I mean, his mind was phenomenal. And so to see it ravaged in such a way is, um, is so sad. And I am a, I'm a fixer. I'm a doer. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it was really, sister was so at peace with just being with my dad and, you know, just sitting and being with him in the moment. And I wanted to fix it. I wanted to find solutions. So I was more the research. Let me get out there. Let me find somebody that he can talk to. And through some of my connections, um, we started digging into this, this path of functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And nutrition is a huge piece of that. And um, we actually got to go and see um, Mark Hyman. I, yeah, um, I was about to say, I thought you said, I remember us talking about that. How was that? I, I saw, I met latest book and everything. And, and he was just uh, wonderful. I loved his demeanor and I love everything he says. And I believe everything he says. But how was that? Like yeah. that, that experience? How'd it go? He was great. He, um, he definitely was digging into, you know, medicine. They're looking for the root cause. They're not just trying to fix the problem. And so he, he really dug into some blood work and looked for some things that nobody else had tried to look for. Mm. Um, and he probably, they were the first ones to really talk to us about nutrition. And, um, and so I started understanding how powerful food is to just ever, I mean, to everything, right? I mean, our, our brain health was, was where I started digging into some of that. And, and so we tried different things with dad, um, but I'm also a firm believer that you know, this, this switch had already been flipped. And um, while nutrition could maybe help a little bit, it wasn't going to cure at that point. So I think the sooner we start making some of these changes to try and, you know, keep these switches, I always say from getting flipped, mm -hmm. um, I think the better, but it was a neat experience uh, going up there and meeting with him and, um, and then we also met, and I'm forgetting his name. I'm sorry, but who was who was that wrote the Grain Brain? Oh, do you remember? Why do I want to say his, Mark Pittman? But it's uh, it's not really so. So he we can look it up, I guess. But he yeah. he he was it was a very different experience with him. That wasn't a positive experience, actually. Um, uh, and he wanted to put my dad on a ketogenic strict ketogenic diet. And my dad just was starting to get depressed by that too. The pressure of dealing with this illness and then not being able to like eat his ice cream. Right. So right. anyway, 
it was quite the journey. And then my favorite was I found again through some random contacts, this doctor, I called him a crazy scientist. He had a heavy accent. He had this crazy white hair, you know, sticking all over the place. He was an ophthalmologist. And we went up and saw him and he looked in my dad's eye and he basically said, you know, I don't think you have Alzheimer's. I don't see behind your eye the, the, the markers that I usually see in Alzheimer's patients. And they did some extensive blood work and said, you have some bacteria and it's a latent bacteria and we want to do high dose long-term antibiotics to try and get rid of it. And we believe we can heal you. And um, on that very same trip that we went to see this crazy doctor, my dad said to me, I had a dream that you helped find this cure. It was, it was it's just, again, it, wow. it, it's, yeah, it goes really deep. It gives me chills this moment. But was it David Perlmutter? I'm sorry to go back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. David Perlmutter. Okay. Got it. Yes, that was it. That was it. Yep. Smart man. And so I think he's done journey. a lot of research. Yeah, no. And that, this is so interesting, but it, it sounds like quite a, a journey of a lot of deep breaths of a yes. lot of, a lot of hope and then let down and then, you know, uh, confusion and like emotionally, how were you and the family doing yeah i think um oh it's so when you look back it's so hard i mean again i was just in this i think i personally was in this mode of not wanting to accept i believed there could be a cure and, and my dad was so sweet to kind of go through all those walks with me because i think he knew it was important that i explore all of them you know um and I did still he think understand what was going on or did that get harder and harder over time? Like, I don't, I don't really understand yeah. all that. Um, he, um, he had a really rare form of Alzheimer's that's called postcortical atrophy. It starts in the back of your brain. So my dad, I mean, in a blessing to us, always knew who we were, but in sort of a, a horrible sentence for himself, he knew he was losing his abilities. And because it started, most people get Alzheimer's in the front, it moves its way back. By the time they lost a lot of their function, they just aren't even aware. Mm -hmm. My dad lost all his functions and was aware. Oh. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't until, um, he died very quickly because he got an infection and he kind of became delirious. But it wasn't until he became kind of delirious. It was really very much up until the end. I don't know that he knew me as Donna, but he knew he loved me and he knew he had a relationship with me. He would, you know, often say, hey, sweetie, you know, Aww. wouldn't always call me my name, but knew that relationship was there. So again, it was a blessing for us, hard for him. Um, but I, my sister... I think was more accepting knowing that the diagnosis was going to end the way that it did. Um, and of course my sweet mother just was doing everything she could. I mean, she, you know, my dad was, he ran everything 
as part of the household. So she's trying to catch up and learn a lot of things that they hadn't planned for her to have to take over and be a support to him. And so it was a, it was a tough time for yeah. sure emotionally. And, and I'm so sorry. And, um, you know, for our listeners, I, I won't go into detail unless, unless, uh, Donna, you want to say anything, but this man, when she says brilliant, uh, he truly was, he was, um, you know, a, a top CEO of a very large company or two or three or 10. I mean, I don't yeah. even know every, everything he was involved in, but I know a good bit and yeah. it's in a very kind person, smart, always, you know, when I was around him, I always felt like he, he was making sure that he was looking out for his daughters and his family and his wife, everybody. Like that was so important to make sure all that was okay. You know, I always sense that about him while simultaneously probably, you know, running all these other companies. Yes, <laughs> he, he was, he was amazing. Um, yeah, he did. He was with Circuit City and then CarMax was his brainchild. So um, we still see, you know, CarMax thriving today and, uh, and, and lots of other Crocs. I feel like. A new oh. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Well, he's an investor guy oh, too. Okay. And okay. So I, I didn't know exactly what, but that always stuck in my head for some reason. He came home and he's like, Hey, and he comes to my sister and I, and he holds his foot up and he's like, what do you think of these? And we're, those are the ugliest shoes we've ever seen in our <laughs> life. <laughs> and he goes, well, hold on to your hats because we've invested. And we're like, dad, you're crazy. What's going on? But that's what, that's the kind of stuff he would do. I mean, Crocs, right? <laughs> yeah, big Crocs. I mean, they're, they're huge. So um, that, that's amazing. And it makes me want to, uh, all of this talk about different companies. I mean, you definitely picked up a lot of your dad's uh, sensibilities in terms of that, you know, you, you've been involved in a lot of things. And I, before we go there though, I don't want to forget to talk about, I know when you're at some point, I don't know if it was after your dad passed away and I was, I was at the service. Um, but you started a foundation. Is that right? We did. And my sister and I started it. It was called this, the Stay Sharp Fund, which now we have merged into the Rick Sharp Alzheimer's um, Foundation. So it's much more of a, a bigger entity now. And we have raised quite a lot of money as a family and a community um, in the last few years. And my mom sits on a board um, cure Alzheimer's, which they do an amazing job at staying on top of the science. They are, uh, cure Alzheimer's fund is what their group is called. And you can go online and look them up. If anybody, any listeners are dealing with Alzheimer's, I highly suggest, um, checking them out because they have a lot of the most up-to-date research. Um, they even created little brains in a Petri dish so that they wow. can test yeah, so that they can test thousands and thousands of medicines that currently exist. So they gave these little brains Alzheimer's basically, and, and they can test all these medicines to see if there might be possibility to use them in another fashion. Like you think about what we're dealing with now with, the, with 
COVID-19 yes. and how now they're saying that the malaria drug might provide some benefit. And isn't that cool because it's already been studied. It's been out for so long. If there could be something like that for Alzheimer's um, would be phenomenal. So anyway, I highly recommend if you're looking for information on Alzheimer's, you check them out. That's amazing. Okay. So I usually do this at the end, but since we're in it, um, what are the, can you tell us the web websites the, that people need to go yeah. to? So it should, it should just be Cure Alzheimer's Fund. If you just, and, and I can look here too. And I'll um, post it in the notes, um, you know, for our listeners too, that link. It's, so uh, yeah, it's curealz.org. So curealz.org. Oh, they're smart. They're like, let's not make people try to spell Alzheimer's. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> which I think I still, after all these years, have to spell check. So yes, yeah. Yeah, um, no. And then um, the other URL uh, for your foundation, the Rick Sharp one, what is that one? Um, let me just make sure I've got it right. Rick Sharp Alzheimer's. Let's make sure I have that right too, because it's, um, oh yeah, so it's ricksharpalz.org. Okay, yeah, I see it right here. Perfect. Yep. Okay, that's that's beautiful, Donna. That's amazing. And as you know, when I lost Hayes, I, I started the foundation, which you were a huge uh, part of too, um, many years ago. Which, by the way, Hayes would be eighteen. Can you believe that? I cannot even believe that. Which that wow. means you and I have known each other then for like twenty years or something. Wait, it's got to be 20 years. Yeah. Wow. So, but starting a foundation, I just want to point out to our listeners, you know, that there are so many organizations out there that can help you with whatever you may be dealing with. If it's Alzheimer's, you know, you need to go and check this out because there are people there and, and they're doing all this work for that very reason. You know, we don't, I know Donna feels the same way. When I started my foundation in honor of my son, the purpose, one of them was research, but the other was, yeah. I don't want anyone else to feel this pain. I don't yes. want anyone else to go through this. So the more I can do, hopefully I can prevent, it, you know, even if you prevent one, if you save one life or you help someone mentally yes. or physically, and I know that's a, a lot for you. So I want to inspire people, check out these organizations. It sounds like we're ending this podcast, but we're not. I just want, we're no. here in the moment, <laughs> we're here in the moment, check out the, those organizations and get involved. And that is also something I want to point out. I didn't know this when I started the foundation for Hayes. And I'm not sure if you thought about this, Donna, but it was very therapeutic for me. I wasn't thinking about that, but it was. Right. And so part of the reason for that is that when we're going through things and we got more things to talk about here. But when we're going through things, when you can get out of your own head, and I learned this the hard way, and it took me years to, to understand this, but when you can get out of your own head and start to give back to others, that's when your heart shifts and changes. And that's yes. when you're able to learn how to adapt and work with the tough things that life throws at you. Because if you think that way and your heart is rich in love and kindness for others and caring for others, nothing can take that joy from you. Even 
I mean, right. Yeah. So I'm sure yep. you, you understand that. I do. And I agree a hundred percent. It's, um, it's nice to be able to get involved and, uh, and just, okay, this is a little sidebar, but something that I've also learned as part of getting so involved in foundation, um, do research on different foundations that you support because, and it's okay to ask the questions of them where and how they're spending their money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just important to research that because some, and look, there's room for everything and there's needs for everything. But if, for example, you want your money to go to research and you donate to an organization that has extraordinarily high administrative costs, right? If 80% of what you're donating is going to the administrative costs to run that organization and only 20% is going to research, you might want to know that. There's a need to support administration for some of these um various organizations, especially ones that are around awareness. Uh, but I just, I didn't, didn't really know that before. I always thought, well, if I just give my money, then it's going to a certain thing. And, that, and that's not always true. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that's um, super important. I'm helping an organization right now called One Mile Leadership. And I won't get into that. It's really great. But I was trying to help them also with that side, because I'm, I'm helping them with the marketing and branding, as you can imagine. And I, uh, and I'm volunteering. It's an amazing organization to basically inspire leadership through leadership. And, uh, yeah. but I'm helping them understand that it's super important that you identify these percentages because your donors are going to come here and look, they got to yeah. know, you know, and, and, and they're on board with that, but, you know, helping them to understand that. So I'm glad you point that out, Donna. Um, I think we should yeah. definitely not be afraid to ask questions. Correct. Correct. And just find the, find an organization that aligns with what you're after. And there's so many out there. And so I think you'll get the most satisfaction out of that and you'll feel inspired to continue being involved. If, if you have that alignment um, with the organization that you choose to partner with. I love that. Okay. I want to talk about something else. I mean, there's quite a few things, but right now let's shift to that statement I made just a little while ago about your dad. You're like your dad. I mean, you're so much, you know, um, you, you've got, you've had a lot of businesses that you've worked on. You get inspired by, um, you know, one, and I don't even know where this business is right now, but I got to say it because you, it was wildly successful when I lived in Richmond, which is sweet frogs. Um, and, um, but in any case, I love that you, you know, delve into things that you are passionate about. Can you talk about that and, and, you know, lead us up to, I know we want to talk about cycle bar too. And I, and I got to talk about another personal story of yours, but let's dig into the businesses there because it's kind of weaved throughout all this. It is weaved through. I mean, I think I have a little bit of an addiction to um, startups. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've decided I love a startup, um, and 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 I love that challenge. And, and then what I'm really working on now is building teams that then can sustain those because I think my strength is in the startup in that challenge 
not so much in the day to day. And I think there are two different personalities to do those things. And so um, I've learned that about myself through all of the process here that I've gone through. But yeah, I mean, I've had my hand in, like I said, the, the first one was, was my, my gym. And um, I was before my time, honestly. Um, I, my idea was, I called it the fitness connection because I wanted to have a building where I would do group fitness and then I would, um, you know, rent out studios in this, in this one big building, we'd share a locker room, we'd share a front desk. And so it was really set up for boutique fitness. But at the time, big gym fitness was still all the rage, big box gyms. So I was a little yeah. before my time. I think if I had the fitness connection today. I'd have a line and a waiting list of people who would want to rent the space because it would have been so economically sound for a boutique fitness to come in and do that. Um, but because I was before my time, I ended up owning and running a yoga studio with a fabulous manager. And, um, <laughs> and then yeah. I had a, personal training studio. Um, and so I kind of did it all. And, and that wasn't what I'd gotten into it for. And I was pregnant with my second one. And I was oftentimes not coming home. I was having to stay at the studio all the time. And it just, the juice wasn't worth the squeezing. So I decided to fold, fold in the towel on that one. Um, but learned so much. And I guess that's what I would say. I mean, I don't regret any of the business um, any of the businesses that I got involved with, because I have learned so much right. and I see that in the business I'm running today and the decisions I'm making today all stem from what I've learned through, through the years. Right. And, um, yeah. And some of them were just like sweet frog. It was a Richmond based company. And, um, and that was just a fun little thing to do on the side. And we just partnered up with the corporate offices to, involved with with sweet frog and um and that was really fun that was just a fun little side thing yeah yeah i just um miss Carrytown town and i know sweet frog was in a few different locations but Carrytown, town you know um obviously i had my little startup there um but just spending time there and i live nearby i miss richmond so much but uh and i know you've done some nutrition based uh, I think some businesses too. More, yeah. I mean, uh, so I helped, I helped open a CrossFit gym, and I had a little office in there where I was doing some health coaching, and I was doing some one-on-one -on -one health coaching there. Uh, and I've decided I like working with groups. I think yeah. I'm a group girl more yeah. than than the one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> And um, again, we learn these things about ourselves and that's okay. And I was able to help people along the way of, of, of learning that about myself, but we have to decide where do we want to spend our time, right? What, yeah. how can we spend our time that, that brings value to others and to ourselves? And um, so I think it's okay that we're constantly learning about ourselves and and staying true to that and i think we'll get more into that when we talk about that other story of mine but which really we could kind of lead into because it is combined with cycle bar oh um, well let's do that yeah okay yeah so, so uh 
I like to say I was innocently sitting at my computer, um, no plans to open a business, and an email came through. First ever indoor cycling franchise launching. And so, of course, I clicked on the button and became super intrigued. It was in it. I mean, I was not looking. It just popped into my inbox. It's a sign. It was crazy. So, uh, I said something to my husband and he's like, you're crazy. And so that was in a, in January of, uh, that must've been January of 2015. And I called the, I called the, the line and learned a little bit more about them. And again, was super interested, um, and decided I wanted to have a business partner if I was going to do this again, some of that experience coming my way. Right. So I started talking to some friends and people and, and just couldn't find the person that I felt like was going to be the right partner to open this business. But every month I was getting these emails from cycle bar, like welcome to cycle bar family. And they would name these different territories. And then I was, it was in July then. Of, so that started in January, 2015 In July of 2015, uh, I was actually at the beach with my family and I got an email that said, hey, welcome to Cycle Bar Family, Virginia Beach, Alexandria. And I thought, it's coming to Richmond. I'm going to kick myself if I don't do this. And um, my sister recommended this friend that she knew and I called her and a couple weeks later, we were on a plane going to a discovery day and we decided to, to, to go for it. So we signed our franchise agreement in August of 2015. It took us a year to find a location. So we did not sign our lease until 2000, August of 2016. So are you having to pay some kind of fees or do they allow you, like, how does that work? They were great. I mean, we had to pay a franchise fee to, to start the franchise. You kind of buy into to the franchise and all franchises have a ver you know, various franchise fees um, to own a territory. And, and we just wanted one location. We weren't going to buy multiple locations. We just wanted okay. one location. And we were supposed to open within a year, but they knew we were actively working, right? They knew oh. we were actively working to, to make this happen. And so, um, so anyway, so I guess, that I'm was, sorry, Donna, I want to ask, so I guess yeah. that protects you like you're now buying that area so no one else can come in. And so that's, and the, and so then you have that time to then get actually, uh, to open the doors. They, there's that well, time. Frame. Yeah. Okay. It Got was it. interesting because we did, since we only wanted one location, we didn't really even have protection of anywhere yet because we hadn't named a location. Okay. At that time, there was no one else in the Richmond market. And we were really looking more midtown. Um, we didn't really think we would end up in short pump. But then when this development came into our awareness, um, I mean, we actually were very close to signing on the dotted line with another development. And like, I, like I'm saying, like, had they sent the paperwork on a Friday, we would have signed it. And over the weekend, their big anchor went dark. It was a huge surprise. Nobody knew it was coming. Mm. And that gave us huge pause. So it was a, it was like, 
a huge blessing that they had not sent that to us to sign on Friday. So we were able to redirect our focus. But that, you know, that had taken six months of our time to get through negotiations to the point where we were ready to sign. So then that's when I heard about this new development and it was, they wanted to put the urban and suburban and bring kind of city local owned businesses out into this um, short pump area, which I love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I visited there um, a couple of years ago. I mean, it is, I love what they've done in that area. I ate it. Of course I went to cycle bar, your place. And yes. then I ate at one of the, there's some really hip restaurants there too. Yeah. Yeah. The daily, which is all. I love the daily. Yeah. 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 So they, they're our neighbors and, um, so that was exciting and it really aligned with what we wanted to do in, in our location. So, but th- at that time it was dirt, it was a concept, right? On a board. So that was in August of 2016, we signed our lease, a 10 year lease. Wow. In September of 2016, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. So that was a big, um, surprise and one that obviously we had not planned on as we were getting ready to open this business. Um, The timing at that point, we were so glad that we had to wait so long for the development to get uh, to a point where we could open because it allowed me to do all the things I needed to do to get through this um, cancer. And uh, so we, and I can tell you more about that here in a second, but just to continue the timeline, basically, um, I did end up having to go through chemo and I finished my last chemo in March of 2017 and we opened our doors in May of 2017. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Yep. So deep, deep breath. Thank you for aligning that. Cause I didn't actually know the timing um but let's talk about the breast cancer for a minute and i'd love for you to really share with us because a lot of women are going through this and you know what can you share with us you know about that story and how you felt and how did you stay because I would see pictures on your social media and you kept kicking butt you just kept (laughs) kicking butt and I'm like oh my gosh so how did you stay inspired what how this all happened and yeah yeah you know I I was um I was first of all I have no family history I have always had great blood work, physicals, you know, I don't suffer from any health issues. Um, I've always been super strong. You know, I just sort of had in my mind that anytime I had any concerns about any health issues, there was always nothing. So I just really never, it just was not in my radar ever that this would happen. So I was, I remember it was a Saturday morning and I was reading, it was very early. My husband was still asleep and I was reading in bed and I don't know, I had an itch or something and I, and I went to scratch and I felt this lump and I, I was like, oh no. And then when he woke up, I was like, feel this, what is this? And we both decided it was probably just some kind of cyst, but totally benign, not a big deal. 
and that Monday I went, I was a month away from my annual mammogram um, a month early. And so I went in and interestingly, they did not, even though we could feel it, they did not see it on the mammogram. Hmm. So just let that soak in for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm going to say, when you go to get mammograms, you want to ask for a 3D mammogram, especially if you have like dense breast tissue or anything like that, because they felt it, but could not see it on the mammogram. So then they looked on ultrasound and they could see it. And my husband had had some meetings to go to. And so I said, oh, just go into your meetings. I'm sure it's nothing. Uh, but when they put the ultrasound on it and I saw like blood flowing in and out of this thing, my heart sank because, well, I have a nuclear medicine background. So I know a little bit about imaging and I thought, oh, this doesn't look good. Mm. Uh, and so they said, yeah, you know, you'll go for a biopsy, which I did then on Tuesday night. And the biopsy, the, the surgeon who did the biopsy said, um, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm like on the fence here. Like I'm on the fence from what I'm seeing. I just want you to be prepared. I mean, I, I really am like 50-50 in my guess of whether or not this is going to come back um, positive for cancer or not. And um, Thursday morning, he called me and he told me, you know, that it was positive for cancer. And I know you know this feeling, Kira. I mean, when people say the rug gets ripped out from under your feet or the floor drops out from under you, I'd never experienced that before, but I literally fell to my knees. Yeah. Um, the room started spinning. Um, I just couldn't believe it. And, uh, and so my, but you know, let me tell you the first two questions out of my, my mouth. And this is amazing to me, but it just shows you. My first question was, can I keep my hair? Literally the first <laughs> question out of my mouth was, can I keep my hair? And then the second question was, can I keep my boobs? And he goes, how about I help you keep your life? And I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, but it just kind of shows you where my mindset was. Here I've just been told I had cancer and I'm, I'm worried about my hair. And, uh, but that's, that's real. I mean, that's the reality, it's, right? It is real. And it's okay. You know, like we're, can, we, we're humans. We have feelings and they're yeah. all over the place. So, yeah. So, um, so anyway, then it was a lot of, uh, trying to figure out how extensive it was. And there was some concern that maybe it was already in my lymph nodes because I had a swollen lymph node. Um, and, um, and so, you know, I didn't really want to tell my kids until I knew more. So that was a tough, that was a tough, I was probably about a week before, you know, when I found out I had it to getting some further testing before I told the kids. And it was like, I'd go tuck them in every night and I would be crying and they're like, what's wrong with you? And I go, I just love you so much, you know, <laughs> and thinking how I was most sad, still makes me sad to think about you know, they had already lived with their grandfather here having passed it. So my dad had just died. And for them to have to deal with something or a worry like that, it just felt like they were losing a piece of their innocence. And I, and I hated that they would have to do that, that they would have to think about that. Um, and so anyway, um, a blessing. I, it was not in my lymph nodes. I had an MRI. We were fairly confident it was not in my lymph nodes. 
And um, so I was able to tell them and um, I had, there's a lot of personal decisions when you get diagnosed with breast cancer because I could have had a lumpectomy and just left it at that with radiation. Um, but I chose to have a double mastectomy and it was really just um, because I didn't want to have to keep going and having mammograms and potential biopsies. And I just really wanted to be done with it. Right. Um, and so I had surgery, I had two surgeries in November and then the pathology came back that um, it was a super aggressive form of cancer. And so I did end up having chemo, which I started in January. And I'm, again, fortunate. I know a lot of women that have to go through a lot tougher chemo than I did. So I did four rounds, which was enough. <laughs> I was hospitalized for sepsis in the process. Um, so I have my hats off to people who have had to really um, endure much longer rounds and Full, you know, again, I was in and done in four months. And I know people have to do this for a year or longer. Yeah, um, but and and that's so kind of you to say, and and I'm with you on that, but I also don't want to minimize, I think, you know, um a lot of people will say things to me like, oh, but you know, what I'm going through is not as bad as losing your son. It's like, hold on. Um, I don't want you to know what it's like to lose a son. Uh, it, it's all, whatever you're going through is, is just as difficult, you know? So that's very kind of you, but I know that was really hard, Donna, on top of, you know, having lost your father, you know, um, that just was so hard. So how did you stay just so motivated? And I mean, you were smiling and you right. were... You and you did. I think you did. I think you did lose your hair through that. Yes. Yep. I sure did. I was um, definitely bald, bald. Um, and proud. A shell, like, a shell Silverstein poem back in the day said something about I used to think I had wavy hair until I shaved my head and found out I had a wavy head. I didn't have a wavy head. I had a very smooth, like I was surprised actually. It wasn't nearly as bad as I thought. I wouldn't want to do it again, but I, you know, it was okay. I ended up rocking the bald head. Um, I bought all these wigs and did all these things, but, uh, but I ended up really for the most part wearing beanies and just walking around with a bald head. And yeah, there was, there was a lot of freedom in that. I was able to let go as we talked about earlier, my, focus being so much it seemed on the external um, yeah. it forced me to focus on loving myself from the inside out yes and not the outside in uh, so there was a real gift there and I think there are gifts and tragedy and gifts and hardness and tough times and if we can try to look for those um, that's part of what you know keeps keeps you going and because i am a fighter i am a fighter i mean Indeed. when i get forced with fight or flight i fight it makes me feisty it makes me hard to deal with sometimes but <laughs> but it served me well in this purpose for sure that that fighter and um and my faith i mean i 
you know, I've some, someone gave me a verse to, to meditate on Joshua one nine, which is basically says, do not be afraid. Um, you know, be strong, be courageous. I'm God. I'm with you at all times. I'm with you through all things. And I can remember being in the MRI machine, which when you're doing an MRI for breast, you are face down and arms over your head. And I, you know, my heart's beating and it's a long test. And I, this is when they were trying to determine if it was in my lymph nodes. And I just, all I did was said, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, literally the entire time in my mind. That's, I just repeated it over and over and over again. And it kept me calm. Um, and just knowing that God was right there with me. And so I think the faith piece is really ultimately what kept me smiling and just trusting that whatever was going to happen, it's going to be okay. I mean, it's going to be okay eternally, right? I don't want my children to lose their mother. I don't want my husband to lose his wife. I don't want my mother to lose her daughter. But I do believe that what we experience on this earth is a blip on the radar of eternity, right? So I don't want anyone to feel pain here um, on this earth because it hurts and it stinks and it's real. but, but there was just some peace for me. And I, I guess it's that peace that they say surpasses understanding, right? Um, yeah. That, that it's going to be okay, ultimately. Um, yeah. You know, that's interesting that you bring that up uh, now because I've had comment about my, my um, presence in a similar way, even currently, with COVID and all of that. And I've tried to express that, you know, your freaking out doesn't help. Right. <laughs> it's not going to, but if you can believe and trust, and of course my faith is so huge for me and that's that's a huge thing. I'm just like, you know, God, I, I know you're gonna take care of us, of me, of whatever. I just help me to make the best decisions each and every day that I can and help me to impact others. And I just keep, thinking that way and asking for that help. And it's amazing the peace that will come to you. Yeah, I, I really, I believe that. And, and I'm somebody who also has suffered from anxiety um, mm-hmm. since I was, I mean, since I was a kid. And I mean, I had panic attacks when I was in high school where I used to faint and it took a long time for them to figure out it was panic attacks. And so it really is, is a natural inclination of mine to, to live in anxiety. And someone said something to me um, that just resonated with me and, and it's still a struggle. I mean, especially with the COVID and you know having a mom who is in the at-risk group and um, not knowing what to do for my business. And, you know, of course it's, it's easy to stir up the anxiety with what we see every day in this very current landscape of this virus. But, um, so somebody said to me, anxiety is the fear of the future. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else had said to me that fear is false expectations appearing real. Mm -hmm. So my anxiety 
is that I am, I am looking at the future with false expectations that are appearing real to me in that moment. And it's serving me nothing. It does nothing for me. And that on the other end, depression is kind of regrets of the past. And it just reminds me. And, and when I was going through my treatments, I remember thinking this, if I don't live in the moment, I'm either going to be living in anxiety or depression. I have to force myself, force myself to live in the moment. Yeah. It's a daily exercise. It's many a practice. Times it it's, is a practice. It's a practice. Yes. And that's, that's what I try when, uh, you know, people ask me how I do these things. And I'm like, it, I wasn't always able to do this. I realized I wanted it. So by choosing it, that was the first yep. thing. And then turn, uh, turning that into a practice and learning how to really use my mindset because it, we all have the power to do it. I'm not unique in, in any way. It's just I'm choosing it. And then I decided, okay, in order to do it, I have to learn this. Now it's very natural. Like I, I, I couldn't even imagine living another way. You know, I love it, but I still work on it every day. You do. It becomes someone, another visual someone gave me, I think my sister gave me this visual and I thought it was so powerful is imagine if you've ever seen a herd of animals that walk the same path. Um, I had the, uh, the huge joy of going to Africa and going on some safaris and you fly on these airplanes and you're looking down and you see the paths that these herds have made, right? There, there's like dirt paths that are ingrained in the ground. Well, similar things happen in our brain. And so as we're growing up and how we respond to things, the, the more we respond to things in the same way, the deeper that path becomes, the easier it is to travel that path. It's the quickest and least resistance. So while we're trying to learn a new way, we're having to really go through the brush and, and create a new path, right? And, yes. and once we create that new path, it's not as hard to walk that path and our brain is better able to go there. Um, yeah. And so I still feel like I'm still walking through some of that brush when it comes to trying to turn my anxiety and to live in the moment. Sure. And, uh, but it's becoming easier yeah. for sure. And awareness is a huge part of that. Oh, it's huge. A, a, a lot of um, people think that, oh, you just are ignoring your feeling. No, actually no. I'm more aware of them yeah. and I embrace them. And then I, I can, in that moment, go, hmm, I don't really like how I feel about, you know, like I'm not liking these feelings of anxiety or whatever it is, you know, why am I feeling that? Embrace it. It's okay. Now let's shift it. Like it's a conscious, it's not an ignore, yeah. sweep it under the rug kind of thing. Right. Like I would choose sometimes if I start getting that kicked up, I think to myself, okay, what's happening in this very moment? Yeah that I can be thankful for, like in this minute, like in this minute, I'm talking to my dear friend, Kira, in this really cool way. And I'm so thankful for that. Like, so grateful for that. I, got, I don't have to think about anything else right now. I don't have to think about anything else but that. And you'll find that a lot. Now you might find yourself in moments, like when I got the phone call that yeah, Donna, you have cancer. Well, in that very moment, that is a 
that is a tough, that's a tough exercise to not feel some anxiety. And so we're going to feel, we're going to feel it. But to your point, kind of just be aware of those feelings and um, you can choose, you can, we can choose, we can choose how we respond to things. Yeah. There's power in that. Yeah, there's there power. Is. For sure. And, and I'm glad that you brought it up. Like, you know, again, we're not trying to minimize these really heavy no. things out there. There are going to be moments where you're like, oh my goodness. I mean, like, right. whoa, I am knocked down to the floor. I'm, my knees are yeah. buckling. Like you said, like, whoa, it's okay. That will happen. But yeah. with the practice and, and you can start it at any time. I think now's fantastic. If you guys, you listeners out there haven't yet with practice, you're even going to deal with that buckling of the knees better. It may be the next day when you're able to deal with it better, but you yes. will. Yeah, that's Absolutely. so good. That's yeah. so good. So I want to now, and thank you so much, because I love that we dug into some techniques there, because it's part of what I want to help people with. Or actually, yeah. I think through this podcast, we've shared a lot of great techniques and ideas and resources, but um before we wrap this up, I want to talk a little bit about cycle bar and COVID. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm in the fitness industry, health and wellness, all that. We're being effective and having to be creative. What are you guys doing right now? How, how are you handling that? And, you know, what do you see? Yeah. Uh, yes, it's, um, it's a, it's a, cra it's crazy, right? It's a crazy time. It's, um, I definitely did lose some sleep when this first hit and just not knowing what direction, but then that fighter in me took over and that, that addiction to, uh, startups, which is what I feel like I'm doing. I feel like I'm starting a new business right now to, to, to deal with the current situation. Um, we're not, I, Virginia is not a state that's close to reopening at this point, certainly not fitness. And when it first happened, I, I kind of knew that it was probably going to be a while before we'd be open again. So we rented out our bikes. I had 48 bikes. We rented them out to riders and we started offering live stream classes and video on demand classes, right? That's from amazing. our studio. Yep. So we're still doing that. And, um, and right now I'm, I'm kind of looking at adding maybe while we're at home for people who don't have bikes, maybe adding some other types of classes in there that people might be able to, to do uh, and still support their local studio, right? So that they would feel good about re like, turning their membership back on because they know that they're gonna be getting something for, for that. And so I, I, that, that's sort of my latest is trying to determine how to maybe add some off the bike types of classes for people who don't have access to a bike at home. Yeah, ab absolutely. And um, after this, or at some point, I can share with you a lot that I've been doing in that area that might be helpful. Yes. But yes. Uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's what we have to do is instead of, you know, yes, we're going to have those moments of, whoa, what's going on? And I too felt things with the beginnings of COVID and and all that, but the the way to, it's, it's much like the practice that we were talking about and dealing with stuff, you know, we have to adapt and realize, okay, I have to pivot. 
Somehow the business has to pivot, right? What can I do? Well, you immediately, you're like, rent out the bikes. (laughs) They're right here. People are dying for the bikes. They want their health and wellness. and, And they need that more now than ever on top of yes. it to stay yep. strong and keep that immune system strong. And you know, I'm hopeful that people are, are trying to step outside and get some vitamin D too. And, and, you know, because there are ways to manage this, but I love that you, you pivoted and you're like, and you're still figuring out ways to pivot. And you're like, you know, I'm going to adapt because I don't know how long this is going to affect me. And who knows what might happen. You might end up, um, having a lot of people who are just not comfortable going to the gyms for a while and right. still being able to help them. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I feel for, oh, it's just, I feel like we could get on a, a whole path, right? On, um, I, I waffle so much between wanting, obviously, to keep everybody safe, but also to keep, um, you know, our freedoms intact, our economy intact. I mean, it's, it's a, it is a delicate balance. And I, I know for personally, I mean, making decisions for me personally and for my family personally, I can do that with, with pretty good confidence. Um, but when you're trying to make a decision for a whole community of people and, and, a, and a business then that you also need to survive uh, it's tricky it's tricky and every day is changing and every day we're getting new information um but the but you're right i mean the exercise is so important um i know a lot of fitness businesses are saying we should be essential <laughs> because it's so important to our overall health oh um, it is it is yeah. uh, it, it's um it is frustrating when the powers that be don't understand that we don't want everybody to take a pill. We want to try to help them learn how to take care of themselves through really good food, quality food, obviously, as best as possible, and promoting yeah. exercise. Because as you well know, running is one of the things that actually saved my life when I lost haze. Yep. It's, it, yes. And that was a powerful um, testimony that you have around how you got into to making running your, I mean, I, I mean, it really, it really was what saved you. I mean, your, your mental state, you were able, I remember seeing it and watching the transformation and, you know, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it, it was amazing. And, and it, it all led me to a career in health and wellness. So um, yeah, it's, it's huge. So I love that you're figuring out ways to, to help others. So as we kind of wrap this up here, I just have a couple more little questions. First of all, I want to know how can we help you? What can we do to help you? Is it, um, I mean, regarding cycle bar, anything, how, what can we do to help you? You know, I think if, um, certainly if you're looking for, uh, some, some fitness options that are on a bike and you have a bike and you want to, to join us for some live stream classes on our video on demand, you can, I mean, we would love it. We would love it. I would think it would be so cool that people jump on a live stream from all across the country. That would just be a dream come true. And, um, 
And so, you know, we do, we do offer that in, in little pack options where it's not like a reoccurring deal. So you can just, you know, buy like 10 classes that you can live stream. Um, but, but otherwise I would just say, I mean, more support, I almost want to drive people to support their local communities more than, than, than that. I mean, I think if we're all supporting our local communities and small business, I mean, all across, it's going to help all of us. We've got to try and keep that economy strong. So if you're supporting your local community, I mean, I think if we can all do that and, and, and how you do that may be, you know, gift cards to certain businesses that may not be open right now, or maybe it is looking for a fitness um, that you can support in your, in your area. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I'm, I'm more, I'm more, I feel more led to say that, like support your local community, whatever yeah, that means. I think you. that's, that's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. So guys, I'm just going to say definitely support your local community. If you need fitness, I know 110% how amazing Donna is. Reach out to her. So how can we find you? What's the best Thank way? Thank you. Yeah, you know, well, our, our website is um, greengate.cyclebar.com, uh, but you can just email me directly and I'll give you my email address because I would love to hear from you if you have questions or, you know, look, if you're going through breast cancer and you want to talk to somebody, um, I do that all the time. I just was on a call with someone last night who just got oh. diagnosed and if you want to talk about all this, I mean, just reach out to me. I'm, I'm definitely willing to chat with whatever, you know, any questions. Um, so my email is Donna.Suro, which is S is in Sam, U-R-O is in orange, at cyclebar.com. I love Donna.Suro.com. Yeah. So just reach so out to me. It's so generous of you to do that. And yeah, that's amazing. So guys, I really want to encourage you to reach out to Donna, send her an email, ask her a question. Get, she's truly a phenomenal person. I'm not just saying this because we do have a deep relationship. We have a deep relationship because she's phenomenal. That's, it's just been amazing. And we've stayed in touch over the years, even though we live on the complete opposite Post and I'm again as I said in the beginning so grateful for that. You guys also got the information about the nonprofits earlier in this, but the, Donna, I do want to make sure I get an email from you, just making sure I have those URLs correct, and then I'll list sure. them in this podcast uh, for everyone to check that out. Take the time, guys, to realize that you're not alone out there. There are people that have gone through some crazy stuff and they're willing to help you. And Donna is one of those persons. So keep her in mind or tell a friend. It is, you know, Donna and I cannot save the world alone. We need, right. we need everyone's help. So you got to share this podcast. You got to talk about it. You know, help someone else. That's what we're all on this earth to do is to help each other grow and be our best and to love and care. So with that, I have one last question. And this one might be kind of hard because you probably can't think of one thing, but I don't know. Let's see what you say. All right, Donna, 
If you could wave a magic wand and make an impact in this world, what would you do? I, I could wave a magic wand. Uh, it kind of goes, it's, it's a little ball. I think that it kind of all fits together, but one is, um, to know people know their, their worth, like in the greater scheme of things. Um, I got chills from that one. (laughs) it's you know and and going into that is you are worth feeding your body good nutritious food that makes you feel good um you are worth exercising where it brings tingles you know to your skin because your body is alive at a cellular level you're worth being loved and cherished um god loves you and cherishes you always, no matter what. And you are worth seeing that lived out in the people who are in your lives. And um, so I think if I were to wave a magic wand, I just would would wish that everybody could just really know that and live that. That is so precious. My entire body actually is tingling right now. And I have (laughs) chills and that's just the most beautiful response. What that's just so valuable to other people. Donna, thank you so much. I have tears in my eyes right now. Like This oh, is just, um, it's beautiful. You're amazing. And I'm, we are, I'm just going to speak for all my listeners. We are so grateful for you that you took the time to share so much of your life to help others. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kira. I love you. And um, I can't wait to hug you in person soon. I know. I love you too. Thank you, Donna. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you want to message me, please go to my website, kiraoliver.com and send me a message. You can also find me on Facebook at Kira Oliver and on Instagram at Kira Oliver. Thanks, guys. And don't forget to go pick up a copy of my book, Eight Ways of Being, How to Motivate Yourself to Live Happy and Free Every Day. It's on Amazon. Check it out. Share this podcast. Thank you. Ciao.